in three, in two, and one. Hi, everybody. Tim Anderson here, the Appraiser's Advocate. It's great to be with you today. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with me. We call this podcast, What Is It Fannie Mae Wants From Us? What does Fannie Mae want from us appraisers? If you knew the answers to that question, would that help you to be a better appraiser? Do you want to be a better appraiser? Let's talk today about these questions and their answers. These questions come from some of the analyses Fannie Mae demands from appraisers. This is not to complain about these analyses. Rather, it's to make clear what Fannie Mae wants from us as appraisers, what she wants from us when it comes to reporting the results of our analyses, what she wants from us relative to measuring risk in a neighborhood. Part of our analyses of the subject's neighborhood is our analysis of one-unit housing trends. This analysis is so important to Fannie Mae that she dedicated an entire subsection of the reporting forms to it. She wants us to analyze three areas of risk. First is the trend of property values. Are they increasing, decreasing, stable? Then she wants to know about the supply of competing and comparable properties in that neighborhood. This means competitive with and comparable to the subject, not every house in the neighborhood. She needs to know if there is a shortage of such properties. If there is no shortage, is the demand for and the supply of such housing in a dynamic balance? If neither of these is true, she wants to know if there is an oversupply of such housing. Every appraiser already knows to report this. However, what she really wants to know as well is why. Why is there an oversupply? Why is there a shortage? As we explain why, we prove ourselves superior to our prime competition, AVMs and evaluations. That this part of the analyses addresses only similar, comparable properties is clear. This is what Fannie Mae says in her sales guide. Let me quote it verbatim. Quote, When completing the one-unit housing trends portion of the neighborhood section of the appraisal report forms, the trends must be reflective of those properties deemed to be competitive to the subject being appraised. When a segmented or bifurcated market is present, the one-unit housing trends portion must reflect those properties from the same segment of the market as the property being appraised. This ensures that the analysis being performed is based on competitive properties. Close quote. You've probably been told that the one-unit housing trends portion of the form addresses all properties in the neighborhood. Based on what we just read, you can see that is just not so. Just those properties comparable to and competitive with the subject. To the immediate right on the reporting form is a summary of our analyses of one-unit housing. Now, Fannie Mae is a little confusing here. Under one-unit housing trends, she wants to know about comparable and competitive housing. Here, however, she wants to know about all housing of the same type as the subject. So, if you're appraising a single-family residence, you would not report here on condo sales. But within the neighborhood boundaries, you choose if there are lakefront homes and non-lakefront homes, for example, and report on both. In other words, you'd show the non-lakefront houses as the low end of the range, so the high end of the range would be the lakefront houses. But now we get to an area of the form that causes a lot of heartburn. This is for both Fannie Mae and appraisers, by the way. The neighborhood's predominant value. Really, the easiest way to do this is with a box and whisker graph. 
These are hard to describe in a podcast without pictures, but you'll ignore the whiskers and look at the box. Inside the box are the bulk of the sales prices in the neighborhood. There will be a line in that box showing you the median sales price. So, the predominant value in the neighborhood is within the confines of the box, likely near the median. There are plenty of YouTube videos on box and whisker graphs. Please watch a couple of them so you understand this important and easy-to-use analytical tool. Using one is a lot better than guessing. This graph is an example of the support Fannie Mae, USPAP, and state appraisal boards look for. Maintain it in the work file. It's okay to include it in the report, too. And speaking of the predominant value, if your final value opinion is much different than that, you should explain why. This does not mean merely state the final value opinion is above or below the prominent value. It means you explain why it is above or below the prominent value. Then you explain how the difference affects the subject's marketability. It's important to understand that each of your statements, conclusions, and opinions must have market support. We must summarize that market support in the report. Now, you're asking me to get to the point. Fannie Mae and state appraisal boards find that in many appraisals, the data on page 1 don't match the data on page 2. For example, page 1 will indicate a stable market, supply and demand will show as in balance, and marketing times will be of 3 to 6 months. Nevertheless, on the top of page 2, the appraiser indicates something different. It's common to see there was one comparable listing in the subject's price range. It's also common to see there were 36 sales in the past 12 months. Since most appraisers get their sales data from MLS, these two figures are from MLS broker members. If there was only one comparable listing in the last 12 months, how could there have been 36 sales? Where did the other 35 sales come from? One comparable listing implies a drastically undersupplied market or a market in which nobody wants to buy or sell. It's up to us to determine which of these alternatives describes the current market. 36 sales implies a market that is hotter than hot, all other things being equal. This is what I mean by the two indices do not agree with each other. So, if both were true, the appraiser would have to explain why those anomalies exist. Our overriding theme here is that Fannie's reporting forms are not just an agglomeration of independent and unrelated facts. We covered in this podcast three separate and distinct yet interrelated portions of the reporting form. To fill these portions out, takes a mere survey of the data and not much due diligence. But our job is not merely to amass and agglomerate data. Our job is to interpret to the client quickly and precisely what these data mean. Does our interpretation of these communicate to the client the current risk factors in the neighborhood? And these data must be relevant to the subject, its marketability, and its market value. If they're not, we're no better than an AVM and way more expensive. When they are relevant, we are indispensable to the client, and our fees are far less than the benefits of our services. So, what does Fannie Mae want from us appraisers? We just went over some of those questions. We just covered some of those answers. Now, you have a more concrete concept of what Fannie Mae wants from us. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. 
I'm Tim Anderson, the Appraiser's Advocate. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with me today. To contact me, email me at tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. It'll be an honor to hear from you. It'll be a pleasure to work from you. My best to you and all of yours. Thank you. And we're clear. Oh, and by the way, are your professional fees high enough?